0: I would say that teachers and more importantly students are really ready for this kind of work using technology in their day-to-day learning. So first finding the technology and the right technology and the right partner really lays the groundwork for a strong start.
1: You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what's new and innovative in education. This episode is the first in a series highlighting the best practices of and lessons learned by members of the Learning Assembly, a national network of regional nonprofits that design programs to pilot personalized learning and ed tech with schools.
2: In this series, we'll be hearing from members of the group about what they believe are the most important lessons they've learned in their work for districts and schools looking to pilot new programs. To get some insight into this, we asked our CEO Tom VanderArk to take a deeper dive for us into what pilots are and
3: how they work and who uses them. Does EdTech work? That's the question. Well, the answer is it depends on many factors. What problem are you trying to solve? How will the tools be used? In what kind of a learning sequence? In what kind of an environment? Used with what other tools and strategies? There's a couple ways to answer these questions. First, you might look for existing studies, if they even exist. If they do, they're probably produced by a vendor. So you have to look at them with a a, a bit of skepticism. Uh, They'll give you some information about uh, prior deployments of those products. Number two, you can visit schools that are using uh, the tools and strategies that you're interested in. That may give you more specific information, but it's still a different environment with a different group of students. Number three, you can run a quick test, like a week or two, and that'll give you some Quick but not definitive information about the product. Number four, a pilot test is longer, probably a year long deployment with evaluation built in. It may be set up to evaluate the implementation, in other words, how well does it fit and work in our environment, or efficacy, how much did it boost uh, student learning, or both. And number five, long term, a randomized control trial may be warranted. But that's likely to take years and be quite expensive and it may be more than you need or want. With technology advances in every sector, uh, we're seeing more and more iteration. In some cases, uh, like in software development, we're seeing rapid cycle test. In medicine, uh, we see more randomized control trials that last over years to measure real effects. In education, pilots are often just the right amount of rigor to make a good decision about personalized learning tools and strategies. In this episode, we're going to focus on EdTech pilots and why they're such an important development for the sector and how the members of the Learning Assembly have contributed to field knowledge in terms of designing, implementing, and evaluating pilots.
1: The Learning Assembly member Eric had the opportunity to interview for this podcast was Megan Smollage of Learn Launch. Learn Launch Institute is dedicated to increasing student achievement through the adoption of digital technologies. They work to connect educators, entrepreneurs, learners, investors, and industry affiliates in the education innovation ecosystem through conferences and events and classes, as well as school and district partnerships and programs like the one we're going to talk about today. You can learn more about them at LearnLaunch
2: I also spoke with Kathy Lyons and Linda Lee Sheridan, second grade teacher and principal at Franklin D. Roosevelt K 8 School in Hyde Park, Massachusetts, participant in one of Learn Launch's pilots, in order to get the educator perspective. We talked about some of the key lessons Learn Launch and the educators they work with have learned about what makes a pilot process successful, including prep work, goal setting, professional development, and fostering positive teacher mindsets. I started out by asking Megan to tell us a little bit more about Learn Launch. Can you give me a few like specific examples of the different types of pilots that Learn Launches run?
4: So in the last two years we've worked with about ten schools. When we work with teams of teachers at each of the schools, so it's about a hundred teachers total. And the teachers range from teaching pre-K all the way up to eighth grade. So we've had a lot of different pilots and a lot of different grade levels. Our focus has been on helping the team to figure out a product that would kind of help them to address a goal or a challenge that they've had. Um, And when we started doing this work with Boston Public Schools, they asked us to focus on English language arts. So depending on the team's goal and the capacity of the school in terms of devices and connectivity and scheduling, the pilots look different because of the products that are selected, because of the context of the school. So we've done a lot of different kinds of pilots, and even if two teams are piloting sort of the same tool, there can be a lot of variation just given the different contexts. So we've done a lot of different piloting, but specifically focused really on reading and writing skills in the last two years.
2: I thought the idea of setting goals from the start and on a more basic level, really honing in on preparation work sounded like an important first step regardless of the context of the pilot. And when we asked Megan to elaborate, we discovered that this was one of the key lessons that they had to share.
4: We have the team work together to identify a goal and usually in you know the principals involved in this as well, to set a goal that's, you know, as specific and measurable as possible so that we can really determine and the teachers can determine based on the data that they have at the beginning of the year and what they have at the end of the year, both qualitatively and quantitatively, to determine whether or not the product that they tried or products that they tried, whether they were helpful or not in terms of the teacher's practice and also, of course, in terms of student achievement and progress. Being adaptable is really sort of the key, and it really comes down to working with the team and a supportive principal in order to make a pilot and a project like this work. So we found that the the biggest takeaway for us and what sort of drives the work is helping these teams to identify that goal or that problem of practice that they want to address. This kind of drives the work throughout the course of the project and and connects and hopefully amplifies work that teachers are already doing. So we found that that as long as you're kind of using that to kind of guide the piloting and, and the work that you're doing, it's sort of applicable in every context.
1: We then heard Linda Lee's thoughts on how these goals can impact the teacher PD that's necessary in the process, followed by Kathy's teacher perspective on what their goals were.
0: One of the things that we've learned through the first year was that the training at the beginning of the program was really critical to the success of the program. And when the teachers went in the first year, the training didn't happen before the start of the school year. So it was like a little rocky start but we learned from that, and they launch adjusted very quickly, and when we got going, and were, were ready to start the second year of the program with even more classrooms and grade levels involved, that was already on their site to have the training early on so that teachers would hit the ground running and really be fully prepared to begin the year, knowing how to use the tool, how to support students in the classroom while they're using it, and how to use the data to inform
2: instruction. Kathy had this to say about her and her fellow teachers' goals.
5: Our goal was to learn a new tool that would impact our students' reading abilities, implement it with fidelity, and then be able to use the data to inform our teaching and learning, always with the expectation of the students attaining the highest achievement possible, highest levels of achievement possible.
1: So it sounds like the first main lesson they had to share was that setting goals and then doing the prep work, such as providing professional development, before running a pilot is critical.
2: I think you're right, Kat. Returning back to the idea of setting different goals in different contexts, I wanted to learn a little bit more about the different shapes success can take asked Megan to share Learn Launch's take on evaluating success, and this was her response.
4: You know, the end results can take a lot of different forms because, as we talked about before, each pilot is different, each school is different, each team goal is going to be different, the products are different, teachers are obviously different, and students as well, so, so you have such variety there. But I think there are best practices, but there are also a lot of different ways to be successful, and this is the kind of work that I think participants have found to be surprising. It doesn't always match their initial expectation or our initial expectation, for for better or for worse. But we do have a research process built into our work, so we are checking throughout the year, checking in with teachers um, using surveys and focus groups and observations so that we can collect their feedback and really find out what is and is not working. And really in the end, you know, we kind of determine success by looking at the data, not just from from a product, you know, embedded into a product, but also through using district-wide informative assessments so that the teachers kind of come back to, again, that goal, keep bringing it back to the goal to see, you know, know, what's changed? Has there been an impact on student growth? Has there been progress? Has the, the product had a positive impact on on that? And also has the teacher had a good experience with integrating it into their practice and their work?
2: So lesson two here seems to be that there are many ways to be successful and that formative assessment can be really useful in the process. In keeping with this mindset, Megan mentioned that in the case of the Roosevelt KA school, they let the teachers choose what ed tech tools to use in the pilot. We asked her for some more details on how that worked.
4: was the teacher's choice in the end i mean we helped them to sort of narrow down the choices based on their again their goal and their needs but they chose it. So again, you know, it all starts with the, the goal, the good old goal. And then based on that and, and understanding, you know, again, all that prep work of understanding what the teachers have in terms of their capacity uh, regarding devices, their connectivity, and sort of taking all those factors into account, um, how much time are they able to sort of devote? We gather that information on on different products and also just taking into account what the, the principal, the district, and the teachers are, are interested in, and then we kind of come up with a menu of options based on what, what we know of that's available, and that's a whole other process of sort of vetting <laughs> and going through and asking ex- experts and getting a lot of feedback on, on what might be a good fit for our various teams, and then we, we always try to present teams with at least three options that feel like a good fit from our perspective, and sort of give them that information. We use a, a, a website layout to kind of provide them with lots of links so that they can do their own investigative work. And then the team together decides what they think uh, is the best fit and what they'd like to try. I just wanna give some credit to the, the product people as well, because they're a fundamental piece of, of the work. Learn Launch, you know, we definitely provide as much support as possible. And some there are a lot of plenty of times that I was calling up the product to get help from them and, and coaching and, and they actually came in and and did a lot of the um, training as well. So that relationship and really bridging that um, communication and and that relationship between the school and the product is is a really important piece. You're
1: listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, and today we're chatting with members of the Learning Assembly. The Learning Assembly is a network of learning innovators working alongside educators, ed tech companies, and research partners to help schools pilot new technologies through research, professional development, assessment, and the sharing of evidence-based practices. To learn more about the Learning Assembly, visit their website at learningassembly.org.
2: When we left off. Megan was talking about how they had enabled teachers to select the EdTech tools that they would like to try. I asked her to share a bit more about how important teacher engagement is and why LearnLaunch focused on engaging teachers in this particular way.
4: I think it's the most important thing. It's our main goal. We're trying to provide an opportunity that's based around teachers' needs and what they think is important. One of our most significant findings from our research in the first year was that teacher mindset is really a driver of significant change. And especially with the Roosevelt team, most teachers, they already want to do this kind of work. They sort of see a need for it, and they're ready to do it. So in a lot of cases, they're already on board, though you know, not always. And so our task is really to support them in finding a product or a resource that is a good fit for what they need uh, that they might not have otherwise have been able to try or known about and then really support them through the po- process of, you know, implementing and evaluating this tool. And then, you know, our hope is, and what we found is that teachers are really acting as researchers of their own practice and they have, you know, they have more of a voice. It's supported by this data and they're getting a chance to really determine what works and what doesn't work. And then they can turn around and share that with, with their team, with their peers, and with their leadership. And so we hope, you know, we hope that that in and of itself is engaging and and that we can do a good job of of supporting them um, in in doing that.
1: Kathy provided a few examples of how Learn Launch made sure that the teachers in her school felt valued and supported and crucial to the success of the pilot.
5: I found that as teachers, we really had to trust that our team could support us, which they did, instead of Sometimes we typically bumble along with things and think we have to figure everything else out on our own, and our Learn launch team was was really great. I would say get as much training under your belt before you implement any program with students and regularly share out what's working and not working with everyone on the pilot team. We found that fidelity to using the program is a must for effective results. And lastly, a stipend for work and meetings that take place outside of the school time was really a a plus to uh, help teachers get on board. We were really already on board, our team of uh, several other teachers at our grade level, grade two, really uh, were already integrating technology into our curriculum, but we really hadn't found the perfect fit of a program and support that really met our needs. So... We were excited because Learn Launch really wanted to listen to our needs and base the whole project around what our needs were. Once we saw the program that we thought would best meet our inclusion setting, so we have students with very diverse needs, but once we saw the program we felt that would meet those needs of a wide variety of learners that we thought would be engaging for students, we were really on board.
1: Linda Lee followed up by describing how she still gets teachers saying how valuable that experience was. Even now, I'm
0: hearing teachers talk about the importance of the support that they got and how it really made all the difference. Having someone that you could go to and say, it would be really helpful to have this report or how can I find this data point? So that was something that we felt very supported around.
2: So the final lesson learned here was that the teachers who end up using the pilot software the most and getting the best results are the ones who go into the pilot with a positive mindset. To develop this mindset, support networks and PD are crucial.
1: We've been talking lately on the blog about the importance of network support for schools and districts for success, and I can definitely see how that applies here for teachers as well. We ended by asking Linda Lee and then Megan to share some words of wisdom around this work with others who may be interested in developing pilots, and they had the following to say. Teachers
0: and more importantly, students are really ready for this kind of work using technology in your day-to-day learning. So first finding the technology and the right technology and the right partner really lays the groundwork for a strong start. But once you have all that, you really have to have an opened mind and be able to adapt as you go because just when you think it's all working, something might change. (laughs) So being flexible is another key
4: component.
2: Megan had this to say.
4: Do it. (laughs) That's my word of wisdom. And uh, the Learning Assembly Toolkit is a a really great resource for people who are interested in doing this kind of work but don't quite know where to, to start. You can find a lot of really great resources there. I would also add that the the work is not necessarily easy. Teachers have a lot on their plate. <laughs> there's so much going on, especially in the you know big, large public school districts. and technology is constantly changing, and there's a lot out there. So you know we've we've seen that it can be very helpful to have a partner in this work. And you know, I, I do think it's it's worthwhile.
1: This was such a great interview, and it sounds like several key themes emerged from the conversation,
2: definitely. Megan, Linda Lee, and Kathy all started off by really hammering home the importance of prep work and setting goals, and Megan's strategies on how to measure and ensure success across different groups and settings was really helpful. When it comes to pilots, it sounds like success can take a number of different shapes.
1: Right, and Megan's emphasis on how teacher mindset and engagement are crucial to success was an important point to remember. Kathy's input on some of the ways Learn Launch made her feel particularly valued and supported as part of the process says so much about that organization. I think this is some valuable food for thought, and I'm really excited for our next episode in the series. Me too. Thanks so much to Megan Smolidge of Learn Launch, a Learning Assembly member, for speaking with us today and sharing her expertise. And to Linda Lee Sheridan and Kathy Lyons of Franklin D. Roosevelt K-8 School in Hyde Park, Massachusetts, for giving us the ever-important teacher and principal perspectives. Thanks to Eric Day for podcast production and to Kyle Bishop for mixing. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to check out the others in the series as we release them throughout the month of June.
2: This podcast is part of a series sponsored by the Learning Assembly, a network of nonprofits working to help schools effectively implement new technologies. Keep an eye out for our next entry in the series, and be sure to visit the Learning Assembly's website at learningassembly.org.
1: Be sure to check out the Getting Smart podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And while you're there, subscribe and rate us as well. For more on all things innovations and learning, check out our blog at gettingsmart.com. For the Getting Smart podcast, this is Kat and Eric signing off.